Neil Gaiman's The Sleeper and the Spindle, adapted by Katie Hims. It was the closest kingdom to the queen's as the crow flies, but not even the crows flew it. The high mountain range that served as border between the two kingdoms discouraged crows as much as it discouraged people. It was considered impassable. Even the dwarfs, who were tough and hardy, made of magic as much as they were made of flesh, could not go over the mountain range. But this was not much of a problem. If they could not go over it, they could always go under it. Hurry! Hurry! We have to buy the finest silks in Dorimar. Yeah. And if we don't hurry, then they'll be sold, and we'll be forced to buy the second finest silks in Dorimar. Said the first dwarf. Do you think she could tell? Said the second dwarf. Tell what? If we had to buy the second finest silks, do you think she could tell that they weren't as good as the first finest? Of course she could tell. How can you even ask such a question? Yeah. She's a queen. If the queen can't tell, who can? Well, haberdasher, I suppose. Any common and garden haberdasher could probably tell you better than a queen. Unless they were no good at their job. Unless there was something a bit shabby about them. A bit circumspect. And I suppose there are people like that in any business. Any business at all. You get good ones and bad ones, don't you? Even queens. The third dwarf, who was the shortest, did not join in their conversation. He was holding his stone tightly, concentrating on nothing else but this. The stone was a ruby, the size of a hen's egg. It would be worth a kingdom when cut and set, and could easily be exchanged for the finest silks of Dorimar. It did not occur to any of them that they could simply have given the queen the ruby itself. The queen woke early that morning and said to herself, as much as to her maid, A week from today, I shall be married. Yes, Your Majesty. It seemed unlikely and extremely final. How will it be? How will what be, Your Majesty? Being a married woman. How do you imagine it will be? Oh, I imagine it'll be wonderful. Wonderful in what way? In every way. Hmm. Oh, he's a very handsome man, the prince. He's the handsomest man in the world. There's women all over the kingdom who are mad in love with him and kiss his picture at night before they go to sleep and weep into their pillows that he'll be marrying you and not them. Is that right? Yes. Although, perhaps I ought not to have told you that. My humblest apologies if I've misspoken. And I've no doubt, no doubt at all, that he'll be a most devoted husband. You'll be king. You'll be our ruler. Mine as much as yours. But that's all right. Oh, that's all right, isn't it? It is what it is. Well, your tea is there, Your Majesty. Drink it up or it'll get cold. The Queen drank her tea and decided that being married would be the end of her life. If life was a time of choices, in a week from now she would have no choices left at all. She would reign over her people. She would have children. Perhaps she would die in childbirth. Perhaps she would die as an old woman or in battle. But the path to her death, heartbeat by heartbeat, would be inevitable. While the Queen was thinking about the inevitable path to her death, 
the three dwarfs were scrambling out of a hole in the side of the riverbank. They stretched, kicked, jumped, and stretched themselves again. Then the second dwarf said, Oh, sometimes it's nice to emerge from a tunnel, gulp the air, smell the green grass, then wash your face in crystal clear waters. We haven't got time to splash about in the river. I wasn't suggesting we went for a swim. Time. Time is of the essence. Mm, you're getting very repetitive in your old age. We should run. It was the first time the third dwarf had spoken in several hours. Run. We should run as fast as we can. Why? It's just a feeling. The other two asked no further questions. <clears throat> And without another word, they sprinted north towards the village of Gif. Dwarfs are surprisingly athletic, you know. Once they reached the village, they slowed down to a respectable jog. By the time they reached the inn, they were barely out of breath. Hello there. Morning. Morning. Ah, uh, what a morning it is. The innkeeper's chest was as huge as a barrel. His beard as bushy and orange as a fox. Why? What's happening? What news? Sleep. Plague. Doom. It was still early and the inn was usually empty at this hour. But this morning, there were 30 people here. And not one of them looked happy. Doom. Doom is coming. The man who spoke was a tinker. And his saucepans rattled when he moved. We're travelling to the capital. Is the plague in the capital? It isn't plague, it is sleep. Now the red-haired pot girl spoke up. A witch did it. Did what? Well, she's not a witch, she's a bad fairy. It's the same thing. She was an enchantress. Another woman, well-spoken, finely dressed, took up the story. Whatever she was, she was not invited to the naming day. That's all flannel. It's what I heard. She would have cursed the princess whether she'd been invited to the party or not. The innkeeper was sweating. Though it was not warm. She was one of those forest witches, yet driven to the margins long ago. A bad lot. She cursed the princess at birth so that when the girl was 18, she would prick a finger and sleep forever. As I heard it, she was going to die, but another fairy... A good one. ...commuted her magical death sentence to one of sleep. Magical sleep. Naturally. So she pricked her finger. On what? I have no idea. A rose, perhaps. What do you know about it? I'm just guessing. She pricked her finger and fell asleep, and the other people in the castle, the lord and the lady, the butcher, the baker... The candlestick maker. The milkmaid, the lady-in-waiting, all of them slept too. And none of them has aged a day since they closed their eyes. Roses grew up I, around... I told you there was roses. I told you, didn't I? You're interrupting. You're interrupting the story. Oh, oh, sorry, miss. Go on. Roses grew up around the castle, and the forest grew thicker until it became impassable. This was what? hundred years ago? Sixty, perhaps? Eighty. Who knows? Brave men... Brave women, too. ...have tried to travel to the forest of Acair. To the heart of it. Where the castle lies. But each and every one of them died. Murdered by bandits. Or impaled upon thorns. Hoping to wake her. Wake her how? How do you think? Chuck a bowl of cold water in her face? 
No. Shout wakey wakey rise and shine? No. No. With a kiss. Of course Ooh. with a kiss. Oh, haven't you ever woken a sleeping princess before? No. Have you? No. Anyhow, no one has ever got close enough to kiss her. They say the witch... Fairy. Enchantress. ...is still there. Whatever she is, that's what they say. That if you make it through the roses, she'll be waiting for you. Old as the hills, evil as a snake. Uh, are snakes so evil? Some of them are. Why is there also a plague? Sleep. Sleep is the plague. But how can sleep be a plague, exactly? It started in the north. Beyond the capital. People fell asleep in the towns. That doesn't sound so bad. They fall asleep, whatever they're doing. And they don't wake up. Look at us. We fled the towns to come here. We have left brothers and sisters. Mm, wives and children. Sleeping now in their houses and cowsheds. And it's moving faster and faster. Well, n no, it covers a mile a day, perhaps two. It will be here tomorrow. And there's no way for us to escape it. Can it be true? And then the third dwarf said... Of course it can be true. It was the first time he'd spoken since they reached the inn. Think of all the things that can't be true that turn out to be true. Go and look. Go and look for yourselves. The innkeeper laid his head wearily on the table. And the pot girl lay her head against his shoulder. Go and look. So the dwarfs went and looked, and they saw that the impossible was possible, that what couldn't be true was indeed completely true. Of course, with the way things were, there was no chance at all that they could go and buy the first finest silks of Dorimar, or the second finest, or even the third. They could only see for themselves how it was, and then hurry back as fast as possible, back to the village of Gif, back through the mountain tunnels, back, 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 all the way to the palace, to tell the queen everything they had seen. Sometimes people were crumpled on the ground. Sometimes they were standing. They sleep in their smithies, at their alls, on milking fields. The animals sleep in the fields. Birds, too, slept in the trees. Or they were dead and broken on the ground. Where they'd fallen from the sky. And why didn't you sleep too? The Queen was wearing her wedding gown, which was whiter than the snow. Tomorrow was the wedding day, and the royal seamstress had been making some final adjustments. Who's to say why we didn't sleep? Dwarfs are magical things. This sleep is a magical thing too. But I did feel sleepy, mind. And yet you didn't sleep, did you? But then dwarfs don't, do they? Sleep, I mean. Not much. Twice a year at most. And why is that? How the devil should I know? The first dwarf was often in a temper. He had a russet brown beard that always made the Queen think of an angry hedgehog. By the time we returned to the inn... The inn at Gif. They were all asleep. Every man, Jack and Jill, one of them. And it's spreading. The sleep spell is spreading. Could it spread here? Who knows? Who can say? Now the third dwarf spoke up. I would say yes. The sleep spell could spread here. Then we must evacuate. Evacuate? The whole kingdom? At least the villages closest to the mountain range. The Queen pushed one pale hand through her raven-black hair. Would I sleep, do you think, if I went there? Dunno. It's difficult to say. I mean, you might be all right. You might not. Seems risky, though. Hazardous. I reckon you'll be safer than others. Why? Well, you slept for a year, didn't you? Yes. 
And you woke none the worse for wear? Yes. So that might hold you in good stead. Do you really think so? I'd say if any of you big people could stay awake there, it's you. Outside the palace, townsfolk were hanging bunting in the street, decorating doors and windows with white flowers. I'm afraid there will be no wedding tomorrow. No wedding, Your Majesty? It's not cancelled. It's simply postponed. Until such time as I return. I, I see. You will be responsible for the kingdom. Me? You are the Home Secretary. Well, uh, that I am. So surely this doesn't come as a complete surprise. W well... It's not I... as if I'm asking a butcher to take charge. Or an ironmonger, or a milkmaid. Well, uh, no, Your Majesty. So, as I said before, you will be responsible for the kingdom. Oh, uh, yes, Your Majesty. Please try not to break it or lose it. I I'll do my best. Please, do better than that. Now, she only needed to speak with the prince. Isn't it terribly bad luck for us to see each other? Bad luck? On the eve of our wedding. Ah, yes. Now, about that. Is that... Is that... Are you wearing your wedding gown? Oh, yes. I am. I forgot. Um, I was just trying it on, and when something came up... Something came up? Something urgent. A matter of life and death. Well, perhaps not death. Almost death. Near death. Shall we sit down? Well, well perhaps you should go and change first. <laughs> go and change? Well, if you sit down on a garden bench in that pristine white wedding gown, it will be ruined. Um, maybe we should just stand, then. Never mind that you're taking a terrible risk with our future happiness. I mean, it's just begging for the marriage to be doomed. And haven't we had trouble enough in our past? Well, um, it's mainly me that had the trouble. This is supposed to be our happy ever after. It will be. It will be. I just need to postpone it. Postpone the wedding or postpone our happy ever after? Both. I, I don't understand. There's an emergency. Beyond the mountains. If I don't fix it now, we're all in peril. Oh. I see. You're not... You're not crying. I, I was just so looking forward to this day. We will be married. We will. Just not tomorrow. But what could possibly be so important that you have to postpone our wedding? The safety and happiness of our entire kingdom. The prince nodded in a way that meant he still didn't understand. But there wasn't much he could do about it. Please don't take on so. I'm, I'm sorry. Sorry. It's not like I'm going forever. I know. I know. Give me a smile. A real smile. <laughs> That's better. Really is a lovely dress. Thank you. It really suits you. Can I have a kiss before I go? Right, right here, right now. Why not? People might be watching. Who? The gardeners. Let them watch. Oh, all right then. Hmm? 
It was an excellent kiss, all in all, and the prince really was an incredibly beautiful man. The queen looked at him and felt momentarily sorry that their wedding night would be postponed, but it couldn't be helped. The next morning, she rode out of the palace towards the east. She wore a chainmail shirt and carried a sword and provisions. It was a full day's ride before she saw, ghostly and distant, the mountains that bordered the edge of her kingdom. The three dwarfs were waiting for her in the foothills. She's here! She's here! We can see. We can see just as well as you can. No need to shout. They led her down deep into the tunnels, the way that dwarves travel. This way. This way. Oh. My head. She was not in the least afraid. She'd lived with these creatures when she was little more than a child, and she trusted them with her life. Although, of course, there had been seven of them then. Now there were only three. What are you doing? Oh, whistling. Why? What keeps things cheerful? Doesn't keep me cheerful. Oh, nothing keeps you cheerful. Can't we just march in peace? They had names, the dwarves, but human beings were not permitted to know what they were, such things being sacred. The queen had a name too, but nowadays people only ever called her Your Majesty. Names are in short supply in this telling. When they reached the village of Gif, they stopped at the inn. Look, we told you, look. She's looking. Yes. All sleeping. Every last one of them, just as we left them. The red-headed pot girl was still resting her head against the innkeeper's shoulder. The third dwarf said... Have you noticed something unusual? Everything here is unusual, isn't it? Have you noticed that even amongst all the sleepers, there is something that does not sleep? What? The cobwebs. Who is spinning the cobwebs? Well, spiders, naturally. The industrious spiders had threaded their webs from finger to face, from beard to table, from breast to elbow. That man! What? He looked at me. Did he open his eyes? No, no, but he looked at me all the same. The innkeeper was moving slowly, tearing the cobwebs from his face. People do move in their sleep. Yes, they do, but not like that. That was too slow, too stretched, too meant. The rest of the sleeping heads moved in the same way. And now each of them was facing the queen. Hmm. Bit strange, bit weird. They are all looking at me. Uh, but only with their eyes closed. That's not so bad, is it? I'm not sure. Then something very strange happened. The lips of the sleepers moved in unison. Almost no voice, only the whisper of breath through sleeping lips. And they said, Mama, it's my birthday. Let's get out of here. Uh, I agree. Mama, Me too. Me too. Mama. They left the inn and walked fast through the fields. The horses they passed all slept and could not be woken, so they had no choice but to make their way on foot. The queen soon found herself yawning. 
Your Majesty. Yes? Better to stay awake. Only yawned. Stop a moment. What? Come here. What is it? The Queen bent her face towards the first dwarf. He reached up and slapped her. Was that strictly necessary? I think so, Your Majesty. You might have warned me. Then it might not have worked so well. How long do you think it'll be till we get there? If I remember my lessons correctly, then the Forest of Akur is about 70 miles from here. So, three days' march. Oh, three days doesn't sound too bad. But I will need to sleep. Really? Why? I cannot march for three more days without sleep. Fair enough. Fair enough. But it's risky. Of course it's risky. She slept that night in a hayrick in a meadow, with the three dwarfs sitting all around her, keeping watch. She looks younger when she's sleeping. Everyone does. Do I? Do I look younger too? I don't know. Mm. I've no idea. Because mm. I don't sit and stare at you while you're asleep, do I? Remember when she first arrived? Remember how she ate all the bread and jam and used up all the tea leaves, broke a chair and then fell asleep in the comfiest bed? Yeah. <laughs> uh, she looks just the same now as she did then. Not just the same. Almost the same. I mean, time has passed. Time is passing. Of course it is. Of course it is. It always does. A lullaby. She doesn't need a lullaby, does she? She's already asleep. In fact, the last thing anyone needs around here is a bloody lullaby. What will we do if she doesn't wake up in the morning? How the devil should I know? The trees in the forest of Ecaire were pressed thickly together, and the forest floor was dark. The castle in the forest was a grey, blocky thing, all grown over with climbing roses. All the people in the castle slept except for one, a white-haired old woman who hobbled angrily through all the rooms, leaning on her stick, slamming doors and talking to herself. Up the blooming stairs and past the blooming cook. And what are you cooking now, eh? Great lard ass. Nothing in your pots and pans but dust and more dust and all you ever do is snore. The only one who works for a living, the only one who can't sleep, the only one who can't snore. Is that right? Is that fair at my age, with my knees, I ask you? But who am I asking? Not the lard arse, that's for sure. There's no answer to be got from her or any of them. The useless, dozing, snoozing, snoring lot of them. What would I give for 40 winks? What would I give? A kingdom, that's what. In the great hall of the castle, the old woman passed a mother, asleep with a baby dozing at her breast. She dusted them and made certain that the baby's sleepy mouth remained on the nipple. While the old woman in the castle was dusting babies, the queen and the three dwarfs oh. were approaching the capital city. Can't we go round it? I would much prefer that. But why? Dwarves don't like cities. We distrust them. 
like houses. Streets are unnatural. We don't have time to go around it. Pretty. <clears throat> Shame. Inside the walls were so many people. Sleeping riders on sleeping horses, sleeping cabmen up on carriages that held sleeping passengers, sleeping children touching balls and hoops and dolls, sleeping flower women at their stalls of brown, rotten, dried flowers, even sleeping fishmongers beside their marble slabs, which were covered with the remains of stinking fish, crawling with maggots. Look at that. Oh. The maggots don't sleep either. No. I don't like it. What don't you like? This place, this city. Because of the maggots? Because of the people. This road is more direct than any other. I would rather not be direct, then. And it leads to the bridge. The other roads would force us to swim across the river. I don't mind that. But you can't swim, can you? I'll take my chances. Aren't we taking chances in now? The gentle snores and shifts of the sleepers were all that they heard as they made their way through the city. What are they all dreaming of? How the devil should I know? They're dreaming of roast beef and money and long-dead lovers. How do you know that? I was just making it up. Oh. Then the third dwarf said... We should hurry. Why? To get through it. The city. We should get through it. As quickly as we can. I'm all for that. They quickened their pace. I've only had one dream. One dream in my whole life. Huh? What happened? What? In your dream, what happened? Oh, I can't remember. Well, how do you know you had a dream? Because I've got this memory of being a goldfish. So you dreamed you were a goldfish, then? Yeah. Yeah, I think I did. So <laughs> why didn't you say that in the first place? Because I know there was more to the dream, see? But it got lost. It all got lost when I woke up. That's what happens to dreams. And then a small child, asleep on a step, said loudly and as clear as a bell, Are you spinning? Can I say? Did you hear that? Let the hair stand up on the back of my neck. <gasps> Look! The sleepers are waking. No, they're not. They're just standing up. Uh, 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 and walking towards us. Sleepwalking. Um... How many people, human people, I mean, live in a city? It's never the same number twice. Well, what do you know about it? Well, more than you, clearly. It varies. Told you. In our kingdom, no more than 30,000 at a time. But this city, this one seems bigger to me. Perhaps there's 50,000 living here? Oh. Why? Because they seem to be coming after us. All of them. Sleeping people are not fast. They stumble, they stagger move as if wading through treacle. They were easy enough to outrun. And yet, and yet, and yet there were so many of them. Each street they came to was filled with sleepers, covered in cobwebs, eyes tight closed, or even worse, eyes open and rolled back in their heads so that only the whites were showing. Run! Where? The alley! This is not honorable. Oh, who cares? We should stay and fight. There is no honour in fighting an opponent who has no idea you are even there. Well, what do you think they would do if they caught us? Do you wish to find out? No! So they ran, and they ran, and they ran, and they did not stop until they had left the city and crossed the bridge. The old woman did not often climb up to the top of the tallest tower. 
It was a laborious process, and each step took its toll on her knees. Each small, shuffling step was, in fact, agony. She leaned on her stick to rest sometimes, and then she kept climbing. Oh, to be young. To be young, like the fair one. Thick cobwebs hung over the stairs, and the old woman shook her stick at them, pulling the webs apart and leaving the spiders scurrying for the walls. Spiders? Spiders, spiders. Only them and me, me and them, for all eternity. Oh, I can't see an end to it, I can't. Eventually, she reached the room at the top of the tower. There was very little there, a spindle and a stool, and a bed, a very opulent bed, covered in crimson and gold cloth. The old woman stared at the fair sleeper who lay there. Look at you. Just look at you. Never change, do you? Never bleed in change. The girl's hair was the yellow of meadow flowers. Her lips were the pink of the roses that climbed the castle walls. She had not seen sunlight for many years, and yet she bloomed. The old woman reached down and picked up the spindle. If I drove this through your heart, then you wouldn't be so pretty pretty, would you, eh? Eh? Would you? She stood over the girl, raised her hand, then let it fall. But I cannot. I cannot do it. Why? I don't know. I wish to all the gods that I could. Her senses were fading with age, but she thought she heard voices from the forest. Long ago, she had seen them come, the princes, the heroes, watched them perish, impaled upon the thorns of the roses. But it had been a long time since anyone had reached the castle. Oh, what good will it do? Even if they come, they'll die screaming on the thorns. In the forest, a woodcutter, asleep by a half-felled tree, half-felled at least half a century before, opened his mouth as the Queen passed by and said... What an unusual name and day present that must have been. Three bandits lay asleep on the ground, and they said in unison without waking... Will you bring me roses? One of them, a huge man, fat as a bear in autumn, seized the Queen's ankle as she came close. Let go! Let go, I say! The first dwarf didn't hesitate. He lopped the man's hand off with an axe. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I should have warned you I was going to do that. Not at all. Please bring me roses. Please. The bear man's arm bled into the grass, and he said to no one in particular, I would be so happy if you would bring me roses. They felt the castle long before they saw it, felt it as a wave of sleep that pushed them away. Oh, what is that? What is what? What is that feeling? It must be the castle. Oh, my head feels foggy. My limbs feel heavy. Would it help if we walked backwards? Don't be ridiculous. The queen and the dwarfs pushed forward into this mental fog. Oh, I want to lie down. We can't lie down. Oh, just for a moment. You heard the Queen. We can't lie down and she's right. I've never felt this way. Me neither. It's so... so unfamiliar. Yeah. 
Each time one of the dwarfs felt he might collapse, the other two would take him by the arms and march him forwards, struggling, until his mind cleared. You can let me go now. Are you sure? Yes, let go, damn it. Why are you always in such a filthy mood? Why are you always so bloody cheerful? Somehow the Queen stayed awake, although the forest was filled with people that she knew could not be there. They walked beside her. They even spoke to her. Father. Hello, dearest. What are you doing here? I need to discuss diplomacy. Diplomacy? How it is affected by matters of philosophy. Oh. Etiquette, loyalty, tradition, and politics. I see. It's so important to remember. Remember what? Never forget that. Father? As long as you do that, you'll be all right. Do what? Do what? What is it I should do? But he vanished as quickly and mysteriously as he had appeared. Father? You feeling all right, Your Majesty? Yes. No. I don't know. Later, her stepmother appeared and told her... Once upon a time, my sisters ruled the world. She was wearing iron shoes, and they glowed a dull orange. Yet none of the dry leaves burned where the shoes touched them. But then the mortal folk rose up against us, you see, and they cast us out. We had to hide what we were, disguise ourselves as best we could. And it turned out that I was awfully good at it, disguising myself. <laughs> Some might even say that I was outstanding in that capacity. And then she smiled, the same devastatingly lovely smile that had hoodwinked an entire kingdom. <laughs> oh. I was adored, wasn't I? I was even adored by you. Although you won't admit it now. Oh, you can't bear to say it, can you? The Queen looked straight ahead, willing her stepmother to be gone. <laughs> you even thought you might love me more than your own dear dead mother, didn't you? Hey, us? You want us to leave? You want us to go to hell? Of course she doesn't want us to go to hell. It's not us. It's not you. Who is it then? Who was it? It's all right. They've gone. Later, another woman appeared. A woman not much older than the Queen herself. And this woman was both familiar and unfamiliar. Who are you? Don't you know? I think I know. I think I do. But I'm afraid. What are you afraid of? That you're not her. That you're someone else. You're just as I dreamed you would be. Am I? Like a rose. A crimson rose in the white, white snow. I wish you hadn't died. I wish I hadn't died either. I can hardly barely remember you. But you knew who I was. You did know. As soon as you saw me, you knew. You just didn't trust yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
And then she was gone. Mother? Mother? I'd like to ask you. I need you. Mother, please. Would you like me to whistle, Your Majesty? Whistle? Cheer things up? All right. you can do. Uh, it won't come out right. I, I don't know why. It's the forest. Finally, they reached the castle. The drawbridge across the moat was down and they crossed it. Thick thorns filled the gateway. <sighs> now what? Look at the men. What men? In the thorns. Ooh, I don't fancy that. Don't fancy what? Dying, impaled on thorns. Well, who would? Who would fancy that? Someone who likes pain. I didn't think of that. And doesn't like living. I wonder if those men climbed up there and died there. Or if they died on the ground and then were carried upwards as the roses grew. Hmm. Good question. Something's happening to me. What? I'm falling. Don't close your eyes. I can't keep them open. Help her. Help me. How? Then the third dwarf pulled a thorn from the nearest rose bush and jabbed it hard into the queen's thumb. Ow! A drop of blood dripped onto the ground. Thank you. You're welcome. The queen picked a rose and bound it into her hair. Can we go back to my question? What question? Now what? Well, we could tunnel our way in. There's an idea. Go under the moat, into the foundations and up. Take us a couple of days. At most. We don't have two days. Don't we? The sleeping sickness began slowly, but now it's spreading faster and faster. True. True. We don't know if the sleepers will ever wake. We don't know if it's already reached our own kingdom. We don't know anything much. She eyed the dense tangle of thorns, living and dead. There were decades and decades of dried dead plants. What are you thinking, Your Majesty? Uh, is it right, do you think? to ask a queen what she's thinking. We knew her before she was a queen. We knew her when she was a girl. But even when she was a girl, she was still a princess. The queen walked along the wall until she reached a skeleton. Who had it been? A prince, perhaps? Had he been handsome or homely? Such details were long lost. He was all bones and rags now. She pulled the rotted cloth from his shoulders. It was dry and would make good kindling. Fetch me my tinderbox. Yes, indeed. So that's what she was thinking. Mm, clever. Why did no one think of it before? In 15 minutes, orange flames seemed to engulf the building. What if it burns down? The castle won't burn down, will it? The castle's made of stone. What if it burns all the people down instead? The people will be protected by the castle, won't they? Just as suddenly, the flames were gone leaving the walls blackened but intact. Shall we go in? The old woman peered out at the flames below her. Smoke drifted in through the slitted window, but the fire did not reach her. She swore. 
damn and blast and blast and damn. She began laboriously to walk down the steps one at a time. She intended to make it down as far as the castle's battlements, but the three dwarfs and the queen were much too quick for her. Oh, oh, I, I, I'm a slow coach, slow as a cart horse, damn and blast. She turned around and then did her best to hurry back the way she had come. But they caught up with her just as she reached the top again. Three men, no higher than her hips, closely followed by a young woman in armor with the blackest hair the old woman had ever seen. This must be her. Must be. Seize her. Take her stick. The second dwarf moved forward. Don't, don't take my stick. I need my stick. Take it, now. But the old woman whacked the dwarf around his head. <laughs> Ow! That'll teach you. Oh, she's stronger than she looks. They always are. Enough. Oh, don't. The first dwarf managed to snatch the stick away from her without being assaulted. She toppled slightly as he yanked it out of her hands. Is this what you do your magic with? It's what I lean on so I don't fall over. <laughs> Likely tale. Did anyone die in the fire? I don't believe so. Did you see the king? Did you see the queen? We saw lots of people. All of them fast asleep. Don't believe we saw a king or a queen. Don't believe we did. Old woman, who are you? Who am I? I've forgotten. Don't try and play tricks on us. I've forgotten my name. It's true. It's been eaten by time. Where's the princess? What princess? We know there's a princess. Everyone knows there's a princess. And why are you the only one who's awake? Because she's a witch. I'm asking her. Sorry? I don't know. I don't know anything much despite my years. Then the third dwarf said, There's magic about her, but I'm not convinced it's of her making. Who made it then? I'm not sure. Guard her, will you? The queen walked over to the bed and pulled down the silk netting. She looked at the sleeper. Here she is. Nice looking girl. The poor creature. Sleeping her life away. You slept for a year in the same witch sleep. I slept for a year, but this girl has slept for 80. So, what now? It's obvious. Is it? One of us has to kiss her. I'll do it. The queen lowered her face and kissed the sleeping girl long and hard. That ought to do the trick. The girl stirred, as if she were having a bad dream and was fighting to wake up. Then the queen noticed something on the floor beside the bed. She picked it up. Now this, this smells of magic. What is it? A spindle. The old woman slowly came close to the bed, cautiously, tentatively, telling her story. I had never gone so far before. I was little more than a girl, and I'd never been up to this room. I went up and up and round and round, and I saw this bed, this one you see before you now. But there was no one lying on it. There was only an old woman sitting on that stool by the window, spinning wool into yarn with her spindle. I'd never seen a spindle before. I was enchanted by the sight of it. The old woman asked 
if I would like a turn, and of course I said, yes, yes, please. And then she took the wool in her hand and gave me the spindle to hold. She caught my hand and pressed my thumb against the point of the spindle, and I asked her, what are you doing? And she didn't answer, she just smiled at me. I became afraid, mortally afraid. I tried to pull my hand away. My thumb was dripping blood, but she held on to me. She was stronger than she looked, and she touched my blood to the thread, and she said... I said, now I take your sleep from you. Yes, that's what you said. And I take your ability to harm me in my sleep too. For someone needs to be awake while I am not. Your family and friends and your world entire will sleep too. Do you remember that? My little speech? How could I forget it? And then I lay down on the bed. And you slept. And everyone else except me, they slept too. And so I took back my youth and my beauty and my power. I grew strong. I undid the ravages of time and built myself a world of sleeping slaves. Uh, excuse me. Yes? Well, we were led to believe that if you woke up, then the rest of the world would wake up too. Who told you that? Well, no one specific. It's just what we heard. Well, it's not true. I could wake everyone up if I wished, but I'd prefer them all to be asleep. They're more biddable that way. What do you mean, biddable? Well, even now they're coming for you. I've called them here. The girl was so beautiful and so very young, but she had a look in her eyes that the queen had seen before. Where had she seen that look? And then she knew. What are your plans now that you've woken up? Your darkness. What did you call me? You heard me. Why did you address me that way? Because that's the correct way to address you, isn't it? Is it? Sounds about right to me. You can shut up. Don't tell her to shut up. Not when you've shut her up for 80 years. <gasps> Has it really been 80 years? You. The girl, or woman, whatever you are. Me? Yes. You didn't answer my question. How did you know what to call me? Because I've met your type before. When? Who? Tell me. It's a long story. Who are you? She's a queen. She doesn't look like a queen. What do I look like? A kind of soldier. Perhaps that is more accurate. Mm, soldiers don't wear roses in their hair, though, do they? The rose is a minor detail. I thought it was worth a mention. You think everything's worth a mention? I do not like them, these little people. They will sleep. Is she talking about us? I think she is. Uh, excuse me, but dwarfs don't sleep much. Don't you know that? Everyone knows that. The queen hefted the spindle. The yarn wrapped around it was black with age and time. The dwarf stopped and swayed. Oh, 
What's happening? We're falling. Stop that. Stop that right now. You can't tell me what to do. Yes, she can. She's a queen, and you're just a girl. I am not just a girl. I have a million sleepers under my control. With every moment that I slept, I grew in power. I have so much youth and beauty that no weapon can harm me. There's no one alive more powerful than I. Well, you don't frighten me. Then you're a fool. Not much frightens you. Except apples. Except apples, yeah. Apples. It really is quite a long story. Are you honestly not afraid of me? I'm honestly not. How intriguing. How deliciously intriguing. You aren't one of the Sisterhood, it's true, but you do have something. A certain authority. And ruling the world won't be easy. It never is. I will need someone to be my eyes and ears. With you to assist me, I could stay at the center of the web. You could still rule continents. Not just a tiny, inconsequential kingdom. I have no desire to rule continents. A tiny kingdom is trouble enough. And then she turned and looked at the old woman. Here. This is for you. And she threw the spindle to the old woman, who rather deftly caught it. That was a stupid thing to do. The old woman began to unwrap the yarn with her arthritic fingers. This is my life. This thread is my life. It was your life. And it's gone on much too long. The tip of the spindle is still sharp. Who would have thought it after so many decades? Give me that. The young girl moved to snatch the spindle from the old woman, but the old woman, who had once been a princess, thrust the point of the spindle into the girl's breast. Oh. There you go. <laughs> it won't harm me. No weapon can harm me. But you're bleeding. It's only a scratch. A scratch is all that is needed. The young girl's blood began to soak into the thread that had once been wrapped around the spindle and which ran to the raw wool in the old woman's hand. I don't understand. It's your own magic. Your own magic turned against you. Clever. Very clever. The noise on the stairs was getting louder. A slow, irregular shuffling as if a hundred sleepwalkers were coming up a stone spiral staircase with their eyes closed. You took my dreams. You took my sleep. Now that's enough of all that. She really was a very old woman. Her fingers were gnarled like the roots of a hawthorn bush. But there was a look in her eyes in that moment that made her young. She swayed and she staggered. Oh, oh, oh. Help me, please. She would have fallen to the floor if the Queen hadn't caught her first. Thank you. You're very welcome. The Queen carried the old woman to the bed, marvelling at how little she weighed. Rest. Do you know... What? I could sleep for a hundred years. 
the noise of the people on the stairs reached a fever pitch. The old woman closed her eyes, and then quite suddenly, the sleepers had woken up. What just happened? Tell me, what's happening? What do you think is happening? I don't feel well. You don't look well. You've lost the first flush of youth. I'm the second, I'm the third. Don't say that. I think you're on your way out. Don't say that. It's all over, your darkness. It's over. When the first sleepers, who were now wide awake, reached the room in the tallest tower, what did they see? They saw an old woman asleep on the bed. They saw a soldier queen standing tall. They saw three dwarfs who were scratching their heads. And on the floor was a tumble of bones, a trace of gray rags and a hank of hair, hair like cobwebs. Take care of the old woman, won't you? She saved your lives, every one of you. None of the people in that room or on the steps or in the courtyard, none of them dared to stop the soldier queen from leaving. And none of them could ever understand what had really happened. A mile or so from the castle, in a clearing in the forest of Acaire, the queen and the dwarfs lit a fire of dry twigs and they burned the thread. The third dwarf chopped the spindle into fragments and burned them too. The fire gave off a noxious smoke, which made the queen cough, and the smell of magic was heavy in the air. Doesn't half punk. Oh, gets in the back of your throat. Drink some wine. No, tar. Better? Oh, better. Can we leave yet? Best not. Why? Well, best wait till the fire's dead, and then we should bury what's left. Isn't that overkill? Well, I can't be too careful with magic like this. <laughs> you getting a cold? Yes, probably. You haven't had one of those for a while? No. Must be due for one. <laughs> yes. By evening, they had reached the outskirts of the forest. They could see a village across the hill and smoke rising from the chimneys. So, if we head due west, we can be at the mountains by the end of the week and we'll have you back at your palace within ten days. Yes. And then you can be married. Yes. And the people will celebrate. And the joy will be unbounded. Aha. Uh -huh. The Queen said nothing, but sat on the moss beneath an oak tree and tasted the stillness, heartbeat by heartbeat. There are choices. There are always choices. You're very wise. You always were. Then she began to walk. <clears throat> Naturally, <clears throat> the three dwarfs walked with her. You do know where heading east, don't you? Oh, yes. Oh, well, that's all right, then. Then the second dwarf said to the third dwarf... You, uh... Still got that giant ruby with you? Of course. That's good. That's good. Because uh, we might still need it. Yes. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you. Your Majesty, we've got an uncut ruby with us. Size of a hen's egg. Worth a kingdom. Just so you know. Might come in handy. It might. <laughs> <laughs> They walked to the east, 
away from the sunset and the lands they knew, and into the night. Sleeper and the Spindle starred Penelope Wilton as the narrator and the old woman, and Gwendolyn Christie as the queen. Ralph Einson was the first dwarf, Stefan Adigboller the second dwarf, Ian Dunnett Jr. the third dwarf, Cecilia Appiah the young girl, Emma Handy the stepmother, Roger Ringrose the father, Milton Dighton the child, and Neil Gaiman the home secretary. Neil Gaiman's The Sleeper and the Spindle was adapted by Katie Hymns. It was a BBC Audio North production directed by Allegra McElroy. <laughs> <laughs>